Listener note, this podcast may contain, and by may, we mean it does contain, adult content and explicit language. Things that some people don't want their kids to hear, although they probably should be hearing it. Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Elizabeth, and this is Whisker Biscuits and Gravy. Today we're going to be talking about a very fun topic. STDs. Yep. Um, So I want to start by saying there is, you might hear STD, you might hear STI. They're basically the same thing. Um, Sort of one of those things in the medical field where the term is starting to change. STD means sexually transmitted disease. That's the term we'll be using for this episode. STI means sexually transmitted infection. Um, They're sort of interchangeable right now, but disease sort of implies there are some obvious symptoms and issues, which isn't always the case. It always sort of it also sort of implies that it's, you know, lingering. There's something like that, whereas infection um, is more accurate in terms of how it's treated. So a lot of STDs are treated with antibiotics, and that's how you treat infections. Um, so right now there's no medically correct term. STI is gaining tractions, but a lot of organizations still use STD. Um, the American Sexual Health Association has used STD since 1988, and they sort of flip-flop now. Um, One medical linguist suggested STID or STID for sexually transmitted infectious disease. That's a sexy name right there. Let's grouping them together. All right, so in the U.S., there's about 20 million new cases per year, so that doesn't mean that there are 20 million people who have STDs. That means that there's 20 million new cases, so that's on top of what's already there. And for reference, there's an estimated... 326 million people in the United States right now, a little bit above that uh, in our hometown. That's about 20 of Louisville's. Yes, 20 Louisville, Kentucky's. Um, But half of those cases are of people between the ages of 15 and 24, but only 12% of those people in that age range were tested. So it's very likely there are way more than 20 million new cases, but those are the ones we know about. Ouch. Um, and half of sexually active people will contract an STD by age 25. Um, the CDC estimates that 24,000 women become sterile each year due to untreated or untested STDs, which is a lot. Indeed. Another reason why it's always good to go get tested, uh, why free clinics are so important, like Planned Parenthood. Hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah, I'm reading The Handmaid's Tale right now, so that figure is like frightening because if you know anything about the handmaid's tale it's basically that everyone but a very few number of women are sterile or barren and so they're like we're gonna make this really repressed society so we can repopulate the earth um and getting back to the topic at hand the total estimated direct cost of stds is 16 billion dollars annually in the u.s um, my source didn't really say what that cost was, but I can only imagine it's just some U.S. healthcare stuff, like cost $500 to your insurance to get tested or some nonsense or something. Whatever pills you have to take and the doctor's visit and all that. Yeah. Which is another reason why we need Planned Parenthood, because they can give those services to people at a lower cost. Um, and many people don't know that they have STDs until they get tested. So today we are going to do a little bit of a game 
Uh, Jenny and I have researched some of the most common STDs, and based on the most common symptom, we are going to try to guess what STD the other one is talking about. Jenny is going to lead us off. All right. So this one is very common. It's mm -hmm. curable. Um, most women have no symptoms. Men may have symptoms. Um, if men show symptoms, it'll be between two and five days. Um, but it might be as wide as one to 30 days. Uh, and this is real gross, but the symptoms are discharge from their penis, urination pain, urinating more than usual, which for women would be a sign of pregnancy. But since it's a man, they're just peeing a lot more. And since there's urination pain and probably maybe other stuff coming out of their penis, it's worse. Um, and their testicles might get swollen. And so women, you know, they might not show symptoms, but if they do, they might have abnormal yellow or bloody discharge, burning urination, um, and if it spreads to the fallopian tubes, they may have the same symptoms as another very common STD. So is this chlamydia, syphilis, or gonorrhea? It sounds like all three of them, <laughs> um, or at least what I, what I know of syphilis and chlamydia. Uh, my guess is chlamydia. Close, but no, it's gonorrhea. Dang it! Um, so I will admit that before I started researching for this episode, I really didn't know very much about the specific STDs. Um, and I guess what really surprised me is that a lot of them that I looked up said, you know, there's no symptoms. Yeah, the the ones that I researched as well was like, some you may not present any symptoms. It's like, well, that's horrifying. <laughs> right. Okay, so more about gonorrhea. Um, you can also get anal gonorrhea which is asymptomatic, for, which means no symptoms for about 90%, but otherwise you can get itching, pain during pooping, or some discharge. Um, but it is important to get tested because if it's untreated, women can get PID, um, which is a disease. Is that pelvic inflammatory disease? Yes, thank you. I had it written down on another one because they all sort of do the same thing. Um, so that can cause chronic menstrual difficulties, postpartum endometriosis, which is just a really terrible disease that we'll talk about more in depth in another episode. It can cause miscarriage. It can cause cysts in your bladder. Um, for men, it can cause an inflammation of the prostate. It can scar their urethra, cause infertility, a whole lot of great things. So if you are sexually active, um, you should get tested. Um, it can cause blindness in infants if it's transferred from the mom to the baby. I did know that. I did know that. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't give you that clue. No. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so gonorrhea is the one that's called the clap. It targets the mucous membranes. Um, it, can, it can be in your eyes. It can be in your genitals or your throat. Um, any sort of secreted fluid transmission can result in passing this STD. It can be spread from vagina to your anus with toilet paper. If you're not careful, it can spread to your eyes via, you know, hand contact, but not from shaking hands or toilet seats, according to the American Sexual Health Association. Um, rates have been increasing for this since 2013. There were Almost 400,000 cases reported in 2015. That's about 123 per 100,000 people. Um, but those are the cases that were reported. It's thought to be closer to 800,000. Um, it's, as you will find out, and this is a clue maybe for later, but it's very similar with to chlamydia. They mm. have the same sort of testing, 
And if you test positive for gonorrhea, you are also treated for chlamydia because it's cheaper to do that than to test for chlamydia. Two for one. <laughs> there you go. So that's gonorrhea. Well, that was very exciting. Jazz hands. I think, well, and like you touched earlier on the, the stigma of having a disease. Um, and one thing that I found fascinating while I was doing my research uh, was how often it repeated anybody can get an STD. Yeah. Uh, they don't care. An STD doesn't care, like, what income bracket you are, what your race is, um, what your sexual orientation is, your gender. It You can get yeah. an STD. Uh from having unprotected sex, sharing needles, all those kinds of yeah, those kinds of things. So. All right, so so hit me with one. <laughs> Jane says, move on. <laughs> um, all right, what would these symptoms of a group of itchy or painful blisters that look like pimples and ingrown hairs, sometimes even flu-like symptoms? These pimples can be. Pretty much anywhere on your skin, but most commonly around your mouth, your vagina, vulva, vulva. <laughs> Try to combine cervix and vulva. Vulva or cervix, penis, anus, butt, or the inside of your thighs. And they can appear anywhere from, you know, within a few hours of contact to a couple weeks. You have to give me my choices. <laughs> my bad. Is it herpes? Is it hepatitis B? Or is it HIV? I'm going to say herpes. You would be correct. You would be correct. Uh, herpes, simplex, um, most commonly known as oral or genital herpes. Um, there's two different kinds of viruses. Herpes simplex 1. I've lost my, my note on this. <laughs> SHV1 and SHV2. Um they're really broken down based on what part of your body the virus likes to live on. Um, HSV1 most <laughs> likes to live around your mouth. HSV2 around your genitals, around your anus, those kinds of things. Um, but because it's spread by skin to skin contact, um, if you have oral sex or skin-to-skin contact in one of those areas. It can be spread uh, just by any kind of contact, like on your thigh, um, can get in your eyes, all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. It is one of my stats on more than uh, 50% of Americans have oral herpes. Um, it is often contracted when you are young um, by innocent things, like a family member gives you a peck on uh, the mouth or somebody touches their face, doesn't wash their hands, um, can spread it to you that way by like touching your mouth, uh, things like that. What about like a shared straw or utensil or something? Can you get that way? Uh, there are some arguments as to whether or not it can be. Um, it does not live very well outside of the human body. Um, so some, some of the research I did said, yes, if you do it like immediately, like I just <laughs> rubbed it all over this infected <laughs> sore, passed it to you and you drank from it immediately. Um, but it apparently does not like living anywhere besides the human body. Got it. Um, but yeah, so 50% of Americans have oral herpes, although some studies say it could be as high as 80% because much like a lot of STDs, you don't experience a lot of symptoms sometimes, um, and people don't realize that what they have is anything more than a pimple, an ingrown hair, 
um, in polite society, a cold sore on your mouth, um, those kinds of things. Uh, genital herpes, one out of six Americans between the ages of 14 and 49 have genital herpes. But again, uh, they don't realize that they are spreading it uh, because they are most likely asymptomatic and don't experience it. Or they just think, I've got a weird bump on my crotch, like I shaved my crotch the other day, so it must be an ingrown hair, something of that nature. Um, STDs are tricky. Indeed. Um, as I said, you might experience warning signs within a few hours or days before an outbreak or a flare-up. Um, it, you can experience uh, itching and burning and tingling. I, uh, for the record, flare-ups um, is what happens when you actually start to present sores. Um, so you can sometimes feel them coming on. Uh, the most common symptoms of genital herpes is a group of itching or painful blisters, as I said, around your vagina, vulva, cervix, penis, butt, anus, or the inside of your thighs. Um, you can also experience symptoms such as burning when you pee, uh, specifically when the sore touches, when you pee on the sore. Mm. Yep. Um, no having trouble peeing because the sore is swelling or blocking your urethra, court itching, and pain in your genitals. Um, if you have the SV2 virus, um, which is most commonly genital herpes, um, you can also experience flu-like symptoms, <laughs> such as swollen glands in your pelvic area, throat, or under your arms, fever, chills, headache, and feeling achy and tired all the time. Um, the best way to test whether or not a cold sore is actually uh, herpes or not, they will do a little swab on an open uh, sore slash, uh, <clears throat> sorry, had the hiccup there, um, pimple, check and see whether or not um, it is in fact herpes or something else. Um, there is no currently no cure for it. Um, but you can take medication uh, to help kind of ease the pain from these symptoms. Got it. Well, that doesn't sound like a fun one. Not that, you know, any of these are fun, but. All right. So you ready? Oh, I did forget to mention yep. the best way to prevent it. Uh, as always, using condoms, dental dams, something of that nature. Uh, I mentioned that it can be contracted on parts of your body, like your thighs, um, sometimes even your eyes. Uh, open sores are particularly bad. Like if you get, if someone has a cold sore and they're kissing or biting the inside of your thigh and you have a cut there, you know, I'm talking worst case scenario, Jenny. Okay. Uh, I'm giving her like the gym can... <laughs> from the office space. <laughs> worst case scenario, open sore. You can get it contracted in those areas as well. Um, but it is less likely for you to get infected on parts of your body other than your mouth um, or genitals. So if there's a zombie outbreak. Zombie herpes is what yeah. you're going with. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being uncouth. All right. <laughs> Hopefully this episode isn't very offensive to our, you know, 10 listeners didn't, at this point. Yeah. Didn't we, didn't we put a, like a little, uh, <laughs> um, brief at the beginning we're gonna say some terrible things no. although so far we this, didn't say terrible things no. we, just we just said, said things you should things. know offensive things to though, children though i haven't cussed as much in this episode well this might be offensive to adults there you go all right 
Uh, just pretend you're listening to a very informative episode of Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my next one. All right, so there are different types of this. There's over a hundred types of this one. It's transmitted via vaginal, oral, or anal sex. You can get it even if no symptoms are shown and it's dormant. Um, it's spread through skin-to-skin contact, not through an exchange of bodily fluid. Um, there's no way to test for the status of it, so that's great. Um, there's no approved test for it uh, to find it in the mouth or throat. Um, and this one probably will give it away. There are tests that can be used to screen for cervical cancer. It's very closely tied to cervical cancer. Um, so what do you think it is? Do you need the choices? No, I know this one's HPV. Yes, it's HPV or the human papillomavirus. HPV up in the his house. Um, so that was very surprising to me to discover that there are more than 100 types of this. That's yeah. crazy. I thought that there were only like 10 or 20 of them. No, I think this is going to merit its own episode sometime in the future. But for now, I'll try to give like a quick rundown. Um, it's very common. This is the most common STD. I think there was a comedian who said something to the effect of Amy Wong. If you don't have HPV, you ain't living. Go out and get it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Amy Wong. I just thought of that when you were telling me the symptoms. All right. So most people who have HPV don't know they are infected. They never develop symptoms or health problems from it. Most cases of HPV actually resolve on their own. It's usually harmless, but it can um, cause cervical cancer. About 80% of sexually active people will have an HPV infection at some point. About 79 million Americans. Most um, will be in their late teens or early 20s. Um, it's so common that almost every person who is sexually active will get HPV at some point in their life if they don't get the vaccine. Is it is HPV the most common? Do we have any stats on that? I think it is the most common. Okay. Um, yes, it's either that or chlamydia, but I'm pretty sure it's HPV. Um, in 2013 to 2014, there were 40% of men, 42% of women aged 18 to 59 that had genital HPV. Um, it does lead to cancer, about 31,000 cases per year. Um, nearly all of them are cervical or anal cancer. Um, and all of, almost all of those cases are due to HPV, about 75% of vaginal cancer um, and 69% of vulvar, can- vulvar cancer. See, it's hard. <laughs> you, like, laughed at me earlier when I struggled and tried to combine cervix and vulva. Right, well, um, there's a... It is hard to say that. Bulbar. It <laughs> yeah. sounds like a Pokemon to be even more <laughs> offensive than we've already been this episode. Um, every year, about 20,000 women and 12,000 men are affected by cancers caused by HPV. Um, but within six years of the vaccine, uh, 64% decrease um, in prevalence in females aged 14 to 19 years of HPV. Um, and there was a 34% decrease in people aged 20 to 24 years. The CDC recommends that 11 to 12-year-olds get two doses of the HPV vaccine to protect against cancers caused by HPV. Now, I don't know when this vaccine came out, but I remember getting it later than 11 to 12. I remember it coming out when we were in high school, um, and I have like a very terrible memory of it, actually, mm-hmm. that uh, we were talking about it in math class for some reason, uh, and I think the statistic was like, three out of four women were going to get HPV and 
one of our friends looked at like the group of four of us that was sitting there and she said, it'll be you three. Oh, dang. <laughs> it was like, like she was somehow immune to HPV. Maybe she and just I just was going to become a nun. I tried to explain that that's not how it works. Again, throwing my, throwing my Stop mic. Stop hitting the table. Um, that's not how it worked, but, uh, but yeah, it, er, and shortly after Maybe that, she getting was a witch and she put a curse on you. It's like I, it won't be me. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, it was. We were arguing about the the vaccine. Uh, I don't think she turned into an anti vaxxer but um, hopefully she got you that. You never vaccine. know with those people from high school that you don't talk to. They could be anti vaxxers now. Um, so the last few things about HPV. The type of HPV that causes genital warts is not the same type that causes cancer. Um, cervical cancer most commonly takes 10 to 20 years to develop. So even women who are no longer sexually active should still get screened. Get your pap smear. Get your pap smear. Oh, all right. My next STD. Uh, most common symptoms, uh, again, flu-like symptoms. I somehow got assigned to all of the... <laughs> The STDs that have, yeah, flu-like symptoms. Are you sure you didn't research the flu? I am. I was about to say a very terrible joke, so no, I'm 100% sure that I didn't, (laughs) that I did not research the, uh, research the flu. Um, let's see, uh, takes up to six weeks, um, six weeks to six months to show up on a test. Uh, again, often you don't see any symptoms from it, but frequently the symptoms are jaundice, uh, which is a yellowing of the skin and eyes, dark colored urine or flu like symptoms. Uh, do you think that I'm, I'm out of STD. So do you think this is a, uh, hep B hepatitis B or, uh, HIV? Um, I'm going to guess HIV is just solely because there's a hep A outbreak here and those, Symptoms don't describe Hep A, which could be totally different from Hep B. I don't know. Probably should have mentioned uh, that it is a liver disease, which that oh, would have told you. That what would it, have told yeah. me. <laughs> it would have told you that it's Hep B. Um, yeah, I know. There's is that still an outbreak? I don't yes, know. I got there's my... there's an Hep A outbreak in our town, <clears throat> and uh, Hep B, from what you described, sounds a lot worse. Yeah. Y'all, like our 10 listeners, y'all better have gotten your Hep A vaccine. And wash your damn hands. Yeah, wash your damn hands. Well, someone, everyone keeps posting, you know, like, you shouldn't eat out as much. And I'm like, do you not remember that it started at a grocery store? Does no one remember that? <laughs> Nothing's safe. Wash your hands and go get vaccinated. Actually, um, I've read that the places that have already had the outbreak at their restaurants are actually the most safe restaurant or the safest restaurants to go to because they're in lock and key now. Okay. They spurred. <laughs> See, we just like, we're going all over the place. <laughs> Repping the great things about Louisville right now. <laughs> it's Close the, to one million people and we got Hepe running around. It's the, it's the rambling offensive episode. <laughs> Occasionally, oh. we talk about STDs. Yep. So, hepatitis B, uh, it is a liver infection that is caused by a virus. It can lead to liver damage um, and liver disease. As I said, the first signs of hep A will show up between six weeks and six months after being exposed to it. There are often no symptoms, though, uh, and roughly half the adults uh, won't experience any kind of symptoms. Uh, and it 
again, is a disease that will usually go away on its own. Uh, so a lot of people don't even realize that they've contracted it. Um, because it'll usually, I want to say, like four to eight weeks, um, it will cure itself and just go on its merry way. But if you do have um, some sort of symptoms, it's mostly flu-like symptoms, um, feeling very tired, pain in your belly, losing your appetite, nausea or vomiting, pain in your joints, which is that achy feeling, headache, fever, hives, dark colored urine, uh, pale or clay colored bowel movements, poop. I really appreciate that the website I looked up put in parentheses, poop. <laughs> in case you weren't My, sure. Yeah, in case you weren't sure. My grandmother always liked to call it a BM, bowel movement. Uh, and as I said, jaundice, a yellowing of the eyes and skin. Um, hepatitis B is very contagious. Uh, it is transmitted through semen, parentheses, cum, Really, it was my favorite part of this website. Uh, vaginal fluid, blood, and urine. It's trying to reach the widest audience. It's true. Uh, you can get it from having sex, vaginal, anal, oral. Using a condom or a dental dam is the best way to prevent it. But you can also get it um, from sharing needles, um, getting stuck by a needle uh, that has been infected by hep B. So like not even, you know, um, like not a drug dealer necessarily, but you know, someone in a hospital that, um, or a hospital setting where they use needles frequently, if they got stuck with something, um, talked about sharing needles for drugs, piercing tattoos, anything like that. Um, even things like sharing razors. Um, if there is, or like a household item, like a bathroom thing that has blood left on it. Mm -hmm. Um, you can spread it that way. I remember when I was younger, my mom and I had some awkward conversation where she was like, I'm not sharing my razor with you anymore. You're sexually active and you're going to give me hep B. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All I wanted was a different kind of shaving cream. <laughs> we went down that road. That's um, right, kids. If you want a different type of shaving cream, you get. That means you have had B. Yeah, you have had B. Um, That's not actually true. It is not. It cannot be passed through your shaving cream. <laughs> Just um, to be clear. Yes. It can Um, It can be, uh, like I said, prevented uh, by using dental dams and condoms during sex, uh, not sharing needles. It cannot be spread through saliva, so like sharing a fork, um, sharing a drink, something like that. Uh, will not share it. Isn't the body fun? I always thought that was so interesting how, you know, it can be spread through certain things like blood, but not saliva. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Anyways, uh, human body is a mystery. It is. It is beautiful. Um, you are tested by taking a blood sample. It may take up to two months after exposure for an accurate test, though. There is no cure for hep B. Um, it usually, like I said, will go away by itself after four to eight weeks. Uh, nine out of 10 adults will recover fully from it. Um, sometimes, like I said, not even experience any sort of symptoms. Uh, but one out of 20 character characters, characters, one out of 20 characters and one out of 20 carriers uh, will become um, uh, will have chronic hep B uh, for the rest of their lives and they will continue to have symptoms um, they, and will be infectious for the rest of their lives. Uh, and unfortunately about one out of five people with chronic hep B will die from it. Oh, sad, that's a sad note to end on. Sorry, buddy. All right. Well, 
You ready? I'm ready. All right. Hit, hit me with my next one. All right. So, again, about 75% of women and half of men don't show symptoms. But if they do, the symptoms show about one to three weeks after transmission. It can include an inflamed rectum, urethra, or eyelid. Um, if in newborns, it can manifest as pink eye or pneumonia. Women it might have vaginal discharge. Um, that's abnormal from, you know, your regular vaginal discharge. Mm -hmm. Burning sensation during urination. If it spreads to the fallopian tube, they may feel some low abdominal or back pain. They may have breakthrough bleeding. Um, it might be painful when you have sex. You might have nausea or fever. And men might have pus discharge from their penis. Pain during urination. Pain swelling of the testicles. Um, it's common and it's curable. Is it syphilis or chlamydia? I think it's syphilis. No. Dang it! <laughs> You're going to get the next one. The next one? I know what the next one is. <laughs> it's chlamydia. <laughs> um, uh, this one as well, If like gonorrhea, if untreated in women, it can lead to pelvic inflammatory disease, which is PID. Um, one in eight women who have PID have trouble getting pregnant and may become sterile. Um, it's treated and cured with antibiotics. It can be transmitted at any point between um, when you contract it and when it is fully cured. Um, it's mostly transmitted through vaginal or anal sex. It's less likely via oral sex, but it's possible. Um, it can occur without full penetration, so any infected fluids that touch your vagina, anus, or mouth can cause transmission. There are 1.5 million cases of chlamydia. Um, that is the highest record annually of any condition, according to the CDC. So I guess this is the most common. Oof. Maybe. There's a lot of chlamydia going around. Um, one in ten females test positive for chlamydia. Um, so because, <laughs> because of that, the CDC recommends yearly testing for women who are 15 to 24 or women who are old, over 25 that are at risk. For chlamydia, um, but fewer than half of sexually active women in that age range are tested above 25. I wonder if it's because they assume after 25 you are probably with one sexual partner for the duration. Yeah, that's... I got really lazy after 25 and it wasn't worth <laughs> looking for a bunch of different people to have sex with. I mean, that could be that, you know, once people hit age 25, a lot of times they are married or in a monogamous relationship that's not the case for everyone certainly but mm. um 65 percent of diagnoses in 2015 were between the ages of 15 to 24 um so that's chlamydia it's again like i said earlier it is very similar to gonorrhea so much so that if you test positive for one they probably treat you for both we should have, we should have mixed up though which ones we were researching better yeah, we <laughs> didn't know what they were before we researched them Oh, all right. I feel like you have to uh, have a guess as to what this is, but I'm going to throw in something to see if you can figure out oh, what, no. <laughs> like if I can throw you off. Um, Flu-like symptoms for the first two weeks. Ebola. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> um, they... Uh, yeah, flu-like symptoms for the first two weeks. Is it HIV or scabies? I'm going to say HIV. That's pretty good because you knew that I wasn't researching scabies. <laughs> um, yeah, so HIV, uh, 
in my my research on this, we should definitely do another episode following up the whole HIV and AIDS epidemic um, and just yeah. go far more in depth into yeah. it. There's there's a lot to unpack um, with HIV. There but is. Let's just go with like the scientific symptoms and stuff. You uh, normally feel fine for a very long time. For the first uh, two to four weeks after exposure, you might feel feverish, achy, and sick. Like I said, those flu-like symptoms. Um, during that time when you feel so sick, uh, the disease is very easily spread. Um, but after that, you might not have any symptoms for the next 10 years um, after 10 years is usually when you will contract uh, when HIV will turn into, I don't turn into is not really the right word, but um, HIV will cause you to have AIDS. Um, so the difference, where's my, my information on that? Um, I didn't know there was a difference. I sort of just thought they were the same thing. There is a difference. Um, HIV causes, uh, your immune, uh, destroys the cells in your immune system, uh, called CD4 or your T cells. Without your CD4 cells, your body has a hard time fighting off those infections, um, and those diseases. Uh, it makes you more likely to get sick from infections that wouldn't usually hurt you. Um, over time, the damage caused by caused to your immune system by uh, HIV uh, leads to AIDS. Um, you have AIDS when you get a rare infection, um, some sort of opportunistic disease or cancer, um, stuff like that, or opportunistic infection, not disease, uh, some types of cancer, um, or if you've lost a certain number of CD4 cells. Like I said, that usually happens after about uh, 10 years of having HIV. <clears throat> uh, again, like with any other STD, anybody can get HIV. Uh, currently, 1 million people in the U.S. live with HIV, and there are more than 41,000 new infections every year. Uh, it is carried through semen, vaginal fluid, um, blood, and breast milk. So mothers that are breastfeeding can also transmit it to their children. Um, <clears throat> Uh, it gets in your body through cuts in your skin and through mucous membranes, so uh, in your vagina, um, your rectum, or the opening uh, in your penis. Uh, you can get HIV, again, like I said, by having vaginal anal sex, um, sharing needles through either piercing, drug use, uh, tattoos, getting again, getting stuck with a needle, kind of like we talked about uh, with Hep B, um, or having contact with, uh, infected blood, we talked about semen or vaginal fluids on an open cut or sore in your body. Uh, it's usually spread through unprotected sex here in the U S, uh, use a condom or a dental dam whenever you are having sex with anybody, uh, that you don't know the HIV status of. Never share needles. Um, if you are, you know, in an area that has a needle exchange program, go and use it. Uh, go get your tattoos and piercings done at reputable places that don't reuse needles. Well, they'll also probably look better. Yeah, probably. Um, as I said, it can also be spread uh, to from mothers to babies uh, during pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding. Um, women who are taking the HIV medication. Uh, can reduce the risk of passing on HIV to their child. 
It is not spread through saliva, so you will not get it from any of you know, like kissing, making out, um, sharing food, uh, giving head, though I should like state oral sex, it can be caused by that too. You know, there is vaginal fluid, seminal fluid. Um, even if someone does not come in your mouth during a, during head, there is still fluids that are coming out. So, um, it's not spread through coughing, sneezing, any of those kinds of things. Uh, HIV testing is done with a cheek swab or a blood draw. Uh, it, because, um, HIV is, like I said, it's a, um, messes with your immune system. Your body tries to create antibodies to fight it. So what they're doing is they're searching to see if you have those antibodies. Um, it usually takes about three months for the antibodies to actually show up. There is no cure for HIV and AIDS currently. Uh, there are treatments that can help you live long and healthy lives with HIV, though. Uh, They're called antiretroviral therapy or ART. Is an ART? ART. Um, it... I pick up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, lowers the amount of <clears throat> HIV in your body, um, sometimes to the point where it will not even show up on an HIV test. Uh, and it can, as I said, can help you live a long and healthy life. Um, talked about that. Uh, treatments can even um, prevent you uh, can delay or prevent you from having AIDS. So it's important to get tested. Um, there are some people that say, you know, every, if you're having unprotected sex, get tested every six months. If you are an even higher risk every three months, um, the, as I said, once, uh, HIV has kind of wrecked your immune system, the symptoms of AIDS can include, Thrush, um, which is a thick white coating on the inside of your mouth, um, kind of like a, kind of looks like fungus. Um, I've often heard that it's like the same kind of smells a yeast infection mm -hmm. inside your mouth. You can get it in your eyes too, um, but not that. Mm -hmm. uh, Does not sound like fun. Yep. Uh, sore throat, bad yeast infections, chronic PID or pelvic inflammatory disease, getting bad infections that you have trouble getting rid of, uh, achy, feeling achy, tired and dizzy, lightheaded, um, bad headaches, losing lots of weight quickly, bruising more easily than normal, diarrhea, fever, night sweats for a long time, swollen, uh, firm glands under your throat, armpits and groin, uh, deep dry coughing spells, feeling of short breath, purplish growths on the skin or inside your mouth, bleeding from your mouth, nose, anus, and vagina, skin rashes, feeling very numb in your hands, feet, or losing control of your muscle reflexes, not being able to move, and losing strength in your muscles. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I, we did um, Angels in America Part 1 and 2 It actors last season and it was um about the the aids epidemic and it was um uh, very hard to watch some of the, the characters on stage they experience those symptoms yeah. all right that's probably the worst of the lot that we've talked about today mm -hmm. and again that has a big sort of social or history behind it 
Um, so we'll get into that in another episode. All right, I have a good feeling that you're going to get this last one. <laughs> All right, so the symptoms of this disease, which starts with an S. Scabies. <laughs> no. <laughs> it enters your body through your mucous membranes or through cut skin. Um, there, it's actually has four stages and it's most easily spread during the first stage because the symptoms usually go unnoticed. It's actually a bacterial infection. It's very oh. curable. Um, it's mostly transferred via sexual contact, but it can be transferred ki- by kissing or if the sores or bacteria get into a cut, it needs to get in your bloodstream somehow. Hmm. Um, but the bacteria are fragile and can't be transmitted through things like handshakes or towels or, you know, Stuff like that. Um, it can be contracted from exposure to lesions or warts. What is it? Syphilis. Yes, it's syphilis. Um, so I said there were four stages. Um, the primary stage, there's usually the appearance of a single sore, which is very specific for a disease. Um, this is known as a chancra. Um, it shows up within 10 to 90 days after contact. It's usually found in or near your genitals. Sometimes it's in your mouth. It usually lasts about three to six weeks. It's usually just a painless and raised bump, but there's only one of them, which to me is very bizarre. Um, the secondary stage um, can last two to six weeks. It usually shows up after 17 days or six and a half months. Um, it's a reddish brown rash that's not itchy. It might show up on your palms or the soles of your feet. You might have some warts in your genital area. Um, mucus patches might be in your mouth, cervix, or throat. You might lose some hair. Um, the latent stage lasts, uh, can show up or last from 2 to 30 years. There are no symptoms. Um, you may relapse into the secondary or primary stage. Um, the late stage lasts or can show up between 2 and 30-plus years. Um, you might get small bumps um, that develop on your skin, bones, liver, or any organ. You'll have problems with heart and blood vessels, chronic nervous system disorders such as blindness, insanity, and paralysis. Um, if you're treated, if you get to this stage of syphilis, again, it is curable. You don't need to let it get this far. Um, but the Small bumps can usually disappear. Um, treatment at the last late stage can cure the disease and stop future damage to the body, but it can't repair the damage that's already occurred by the time you get to that point. Um, so don't get to that point. Wasn't there like a house episode about that or something? Not that I'm like sure you know, there was. House is a not that house is a great uh, <laughs> example of medical uh, the medical field. But I, yeah, there was like an old lady that she contracted syphilis and she uh, had been a very terrible person apparently when she was younger. And then she lost part of her brain from syphilis and she liked who she was now. So Yikes. she didn't want to take the syphilis meds. And Dr. House was like, you just, you don't get that part back. Just take the medicine and don't die. Yikes. Um, it's especially ch- dangerous if babies or children Um, develop or contract syphilis because by the time they show symptoms, they're already at the late stage. Mm. Um, And heart conditions, though, thankfully are rare in babies or children. Um, So it's curable with antibiotics. Complications may develop in later stages, and they cannot be reversed with treatment. But like you just said in the house episode, like the syphilis can go away. But what happened before it went away can't be 
reversed. How did you get all the curable ones? And I got all the non-curable ones. This non-curable word is my next question. Uh, it's uncurable. Incurable. Incurable. All right. So some quick stats. Between 2014 and 2015, the rates of syphilis increased in all regions of the country for both men and women. There were about 23 or 24,000 reported new cases of primary and secondary syphilis, which are the most infectious stages of the disease. Um, the majority were diagnosed in men who have sex with men. Um, that's not a comment on gay men or men who have sex with men. This just happens to be the statistic. It's treated with penicillin. Um, yeah. So we've talked about all these specific ones. And so we've talked a little bit about how you can get tested. Usually for the testing, it's just your um, doctor will take a blood sample, a swab of genital or oral areas, or a urine sample. It really depends on the disease. Yeah, they're usually quick and painless. Um, other than having to, you know, get pricked by a needle mm-hmm. to have some blood drawn. Yeah. And it's incredibly important for one for your own health, but also stop spreading diseases. Um, So you'll want to talk to your doctor about your sexual history, um, your orientation, your age, and any risk factors you might have, like if you're pregnant or if you think you may be pregnant. um, All of those will determine what sorts of tests you need. Um, Some STDs might not be detectable through testing uh, for a few weeks to a few months, as we said. So it's important to get frequent tests if you are having, um, if you are sexually active. All right, so reducing your risk. So we just talked about all of these things that you can get, and so here's how you can hopefully try not to get them. How does that happen, Jenny? Um, well, according to the American Sexual Health Association, there's no best number of partners. Everyone engaging in sexual activities is at risk. So, you know, these are things that we've said everybody can get them regardless of your orientation, your class status. Um, and I think that's another reason why people might want to switch from STD to STI because a disease sort of in this context has that, you know, sort of idea that, you know, only gross people or only however you want to say people get that. But infections is sort of like anybody can get an infection. You can get an infection from a splinter, you know, something silly. <laughs> Silly splinter. You can get infections from like popping a pimple. Okay. Um, so I think maybe that's another reason to switch to STI is that it sort of reduces that sort of societal um I don't know what I'm looking for. Impact. Stigma. Stigma. Thank you. Um the surest way to not get an STI or STD is to abstain from any sort of sex. Just like the best way to not get pregnant is to not have sex. But that's not really realistic. People are going to have sex. Um, and there are ways to not get an STD. You can have a long-term relationship with a mutual monogamous partner who you both have been tested. And if neither of you have any um, or test positive and you don't stray from that relationship, you won't get an STD. Um, if you are sexually active, you should get tested regularly, especially if you do have more than just that one dedicated partner. Um, and let's see, low kissing activities would be French kissing, hand to genital contact. Um, as we've said, like some of that might be able to be spreadable, but those are pretty low risk. High risk would be oral sex, genital to genital contact, sharing sex toys, 
Um, you can all use highly effective methods like condoms, dental dams, female condoms. They're not foolproof, but this doesn't mean you shouldn't use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to say that birth control does not protect against STDs. Only babies. Only babies, when used correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so what is our burning question? Our burning question of the week. Can you get an STI? From a toilet seat. No. no. You cannot. Just full stop. You cannot get an STD from a toilet seat. They don't like living off of bodies, and it's cold in a toilet no. seat. Unless somebody who has an STI is already on the toilet when you sit down. Or you're having sex while on the, on toilet. the toilet. Like I'm, but I'm not, not judging the, you. Just that's a not statement. The, that's not the toilet's fault. <laughs> Indeed. It's not the toilet seat's fault. <laughs> All right, well, see you guys next time, I guess. Hopefully you learned something. Get tested. Bye.